Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 120, Air Race Classic Pilot Lynn Kaywood, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. This is Carl Valeri, your host this evening, and we have a really special guest this evening. Uh, we're going to let Victoria introduce that, but before we get going, first of all, we have both with us Rick Felty and Victoria Nouvel and myself this evening. Hey, guys. How you all doing this evening? Very well. How are you? Good, good, good. Doing great. Awesome. Hey, you know, uh, we have a couple of people that this is kind of a short notice here because we have a special interview this evening, and that's uh, a little bit different show, so we won't be doing our picks of the week at the end, but we do, uh, of course, want to make a few announcements, that type of thing. Let's do the pre-flight. So real quickly, um, I have a couple announcements, and the other uh, co-hosts can actually let me know if they're going to have any announcements on this episode. But first of all, remember we did the episode about crosswind landings, uh, you know, make sure you check out the June issue of the Flight Training uh, Magazine. Flight Training Magazine has a episode, actually it's on the, excuse me, it's a, a, an issue, the cover, the cover is about crosswind landings. So check out the episode we did about crosswind landings, and then go read their article. Really good tie-in, really good, uh, it'll pull everything together on that whole episode we did with the crosswind landings. What are your limits? That And uh, it was really a good discussion. By the way, thanks for all the discussions on the website. Uh, if we, we try to get on there as much as we can to respond to your questions, if you want to contact us, just go out to the stuckmikeavcast.com and contact us. Also, another uh, quick uh, mention of our sponsor. Of course, our sponsor is Aviation Careers Podcast, where we do coaching. We also do resume review and interview preparation. And, of course, we do scholarships, and that's what we're known for. We have the largest online scholarship directory uh, for just aerospace, specifically aerospace, and we're constantly adding new uh, uh, scholarships and also improving on the listings that we have. One of the few organizations that actually verifies those scholarships and keeps them up to date. It's also uh, it's very inexpensive. It's only $10 to purchase the scholarships guide. Uh, you can get that on Amazon, so ch- check out aerospacescholarships.com at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Anyway, so that's it for, for the announcements we I have, but uh, I think, Victoria, you have a announcement? Oh, just to uh, remind uh, everyone of one of those scholarships that is in your scholarship guide is the um, Get Into the Air $500 scholarship, and you can find more info at air-pros.com. That expired, uh, it doesn't expire, the deadline is June 15th, so. June 15th, okay, yep. let's remind them, June 15th for that, uh, and that's always important, those deadlines, they have some things that they have to accomplish before that, uh, of course, you can look in our directory, but you go right there to air-pros.net, did you say? Air dot com. Dot com, okay, air-pros.net. Yep com and check that out terrific and uh, and that's actually a company you work for the uh, insurance company there aviation insurance which also does something really cool they do we've been talking a lot about uh, drones I actually saw a few drones the other day and uh, you also insure drones which i thought was kind of cool we'll have to talk a little more, bit about that in some upcoming episode definitely there it's a definitely a unique and new uh, field to get into cool now entering cruise flight <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, Victoria has a really interesting uh, guest this evening, and uh, they've they've done something really cool, uh, and it's a, like an air race. It is an air race, I should say, and something else that they've done that's really exciting and has inspired me uh, to actually do more for those folks that are in need by leading through their example. And it's just phenomenal uh, what they've done. So I'm not going to steal the, the the thunder from from you, Victoria, but uh, if you could please introduce our guest, Lynn Kaywood. Well, Lynn is a very good friend of mine. When I first moved to Frederick, gosh, almost six years ago, I didn't know any of the pilots at the airport. I didn't have a community of friends, and she is one of the first people I met. And 
through her, I discovered that we did have a local 99s group. And the 99s is an organization of women pilots that was founded by Amelia Earhart. And through that is how I got to know everyone and kind of build up my confidence to do all those um, women-friendly aviation events I used to talk about on here. And uh, it was through her and meeting all these wonderful ladies that, um, you know, I really got started and made a home here in Frederick. So without further ado, it's my friend Lynn Kaywood. Uh, she is a pilot here at Frederick Airport and very involved in the 99s and the Women's um, Air Race Classic. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Um, I think we probably should start out with how you got involved in aviation and to let our listeners know kind of your background and how you got into uh, air racing. Okay. Well, a little over 15 years ago, um, I was, and probably 30 pounds ago, <laughs> I was uh, running a marathon up in Alaska and I took a float plane ride and I thought it was the coolest thing that I'd ever experienced. And uh, as my son was growing up, he had always wanted to be, you know, the astronaut, the fireman, that kind of thing. And I always had an interest, just didn't know that you could go to the local flight school and take lessons. But once I took that flight up in Alaska, I thought, this is really neat. I'm going to come back and I'm going to learn how to fly. And I sure did. It's interesting what you said about uh, not being able to fly or having that, that hold you back as far as uh, being a, a female and, and being in aviation. Was there anything earlier in life that made you think that way? Yes, there was. Um, my brother-in-law actually flew for the Air Force, and then he flew for UPS, and he's the only person in the whole family that had any aviation connection and so I just assumed that uh, you had to join the military and you had to be a pilot in the military in order to become uh, a pilot, you know, for the airlines or even just to fly around. So I never really explored it because I, I really didn't think that um, that was an option. And I also honestly never even saw a female pilot. Interesting. You know, it's funny how all these things we, we think hold us back from certain careers or certain avocations, such as flying. Those are things that, you know, I thought I couldn't do, fly an airplane, because I had glasses on. Of course, people with glasses don't fly airplanes either. I think that's that's kind of interesting that, that I was able to, to overcome that by just someone telling me that I can do this. And, that's, it, it, and that comes to your journey. You actually are able to tell people through your example and show people that uh, they can do it. And I think that's awesome. Uh, that's phenomenal. That's great. Yeah, they, it, I, I agree. And same thing. I, I kind of went through the same thing. I thought, oh, I wore glasses as a kid. And, um, and then, again, when I got closer to exploring and asking questions about learning to fly, people were like, oh, yeah, no, that's, you know, you don't need to have 20-20 vision without glasses and <laughs> all that good stuff. So um, there, it, it's fun to have these outreach events that uh, Victoria and I have done in the past and, and still do because it, it really does. It gets that awareness out there and provides, especially for the young girls, um, some role models um, to understand that, yeah, they can grow up and do whatever they want. Yeah, I had a question since we got into the, the training part just briefly, because we in past shows have talked no, numerous times about training and experience and what's out there, at, you know, in terms of, um, you know, FBOs, what kind of play, you know, tr CFIs, how you pick one, all those things. And, and if I could summarize it, maybe with regard to your training, how was the experience? Was it easy? Did you find a, a nice home somewhere that worked for you? And then how, how, you know, how rigorous was it? Some people do it slowly. And some people just jump in and really bang it out. So is there a way to describe your from, you know, so you got the idea, you said, I'm going to go do this. How did it go for you? Well, it, um, I did end up taking a little bit of time. Um, it actually took me about 18 months. Um, when I started <laughs> um, learning how to fly, uh, luckily um, at Frederick Airport, they had a great school that was pretty big and pretty active. Um, but you know, along the way, I was dating a pilot, same thing, you know, that whole Trouble. story. And I thought, oh, well, why do I need to get my license? I'll just, like, be the co-pilot. Right. And, um, and, and then, you know, as events turn and you get a little more interested in it, then you realize, yeah, that's, that's I, I truly do want to get my certificate. 
And um, during the time that I was training, like I said, about 15 years ago, that was another little mini boom. And I went through four instructors in like six or eight months, mm, which kind yeah. of, you know, kind of, dis- you know, slowed Slows, down yeah, the train too. Down, yeah. 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 We've, we've talked about that problem, and you know, you just, just got to work through it. But it sounds like you had a nice place to to be, and worked at a pace that your life allowed you to work at it, kind of. So that's good. Very, yeah. It sounds like a good experience. You know, it's interesting what you said there. That it, it seems that there's a the 15 year span. We're seeing that happen again now. Uh, and you had mentioned, you know, that you didn't see too many female role models, I guess, in aviation or any aviators that are female in general. Has that changed? Have you seen Have you seen a sea of change here in the past 15 years? I wonder. It's fascinating that you got involved at that point. Actually, I think I have. Um, I travel a lot for work um, on commercial airliners, and I'm starting to see more women up in the cockpit. It is still rare. Um, but there's more kind of support. I think social media has really helped out a lot. Um, Victoria and I belong to several Facebook groups that are uh, for women pilots. And you know, it really just helps to connect the community. And uh, we've seen more female flight instructors. And, and again, really the awareness events that have gotten out there. The 99s are growing again, and it's just great to see organizations also like Women in Aviation to have that um, great outreach um, for the women who are interested in aviation. Yeah, I wonder if you could maybe relate as far as going into the FBO in general. Uh, Has that changed? Uh, Have you seen a change as far as just in general a more welcoming spirit? Because I know back 15, 20 years ago, uh, it almost seemed like a private club, uh, and you know you couldn't get inside the fence. Uh, just wondering what your opinion is on that. Have you seen that change, just in general, not just for for women aviators, but for everybody? I I do. I uh, when I was first flying in, I'd uh, pull up to an FBO. Um, the folks working the line would always go to the co-pilot side where the boyfriend was and asked them what kind of services they needed. <laughs> and so, but, <laughs> you know, and, and there was always a, you know, you need to talk to the pilot. But, um, you know, I've now you pull up, uh, you know, for some fuel or whatever, and there's definitely a lot more respect and understanding, a lot more friendliness. Um, you know, again, our, our, our chief instructor at our local flight school is a woman now. So we've seen a and lot a 99. of and a 99. <laughs> and so you know we really have seen, especially um, the welcoming spirit. I think at a lot of um, the airports and some of the outreach through like the Air Race Classico. When we come and land with, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this shortly, but we bring um, you know 50 planes with 100 plus female pilots, and uh, the reaction is um, is so supportive and amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. That's terrific. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit. They have and they haven't. You know, it's still there are certain people with stereotypes. I, I always like to relate the story with my, my uh, sim partner was uh, actually a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader and was platinum blonde and, and, and looked the part. And we would actually get on the aircraft together in uniform. And they would always go to me to ask me a question. And I'm like, and I, you know, I'm the, the old guy with gray hair. And it kind of looks at that type of role model there, but or that model, I should say. And and it's interesting how things have changed over the years, but they they have and they haven't. And I think there's still certain people right. that have have that vision of what that should be. And it that paradigm shift, I think, takes longer than we realize. Uh, but it's happening slowly, and I'm I'm really really excited about that. That's for sure. Um, but you know, like you said, with the with Air Race Classic, that's what we want to talk about here. We have you know all these questions we want to talk about with uh, the 99s and everything. But one of the most important things uh, is this Air Race Classic and and what you folks have accomplished. So first, let's start with what is what is the Air Race Classic, and and why do you do it? Well, the Air Race Classic. Um, this is actually the 40th anniversary of the organization Air Race Classic Inc. running this race. It's an all-women's transcontinental air race. Um, It's run every year in June, third week of June. Um, It's usually about 2,500 statute miles. The course changes every year. Um, Sometimes it's truly transcontinental. In 2014, it went from um, California to Pennsylvania. Wow. And um, 
but it's uh, it started out as um, part of the national air races, and the first race was in 1929, and there were uh, 20 women in that race, and uh, Louise Thaden was actually the winner. Amelia Earhart came in third place, but that's uh, the connection with the 99s is that's when she decided they needed uh, support um, female-centric organization for uh, women pilots, and the 99s was formed as an offshoot of the air race. Well, that's fascinating. And the 99s, a name. How'd they come up with that name? Do you know? Well, there was uh, Amelia and uh, 98 other women pilots at the time in 1929. There were 117 certificated pilots, and they sent um, the invites out to all the certificated pilots to ask them if they wanted to join the organization. And uh, 99 of them uh, became charter members, and that's how they got their name. That's pretty good uh, a showing there. 117 female certificated pilots and 99 joined. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Shows some, some incredible support there. But uh, anyway, getting back to the Air Race Classic, it, the, um, so this is a long journey. I didn't realize it was this, this far. You were talking, that's like transcontinental. Uh, that, exactly. This isn't just a one- or two-day event then. No, you have uh, four days to complete the race. Mm-hmm. Um, you, most people can, can complete the race in about three days. Uh, there's usually a one-day uh, weather buffer in there. And, uh, but it, it's uh, pretty grueling. It's kind of uh, the equivalent of uh, marathoning in the air. Now, the race, too, it isn't just those five days, um, which what I learned this morning is there's a lot of prep leading up to it. So you don't just get there and start flying. Every racer has to handicap Uh, their plane before they go in flight. And I'll have Lynn talk about that because this is what we did this morning. And it was very interesting and very involved of how much preparation goes into this race. Right. So it's um, as part of this race, um, uh, in order to even the playing field, uh, the planes that are eligible to race are um, stock or modified stock with um, a maximum 300 um, horsepower engine. Um, you can have up to two engines and a minimum of 100 horsepower. So what we do is um, fly on a closed course, uh, kind of a you know cardinal heading box of at, at around 6,000 feet density altitude and uh, take recordings um, on a GPS unit, um, record all that information, take manual readings as well, and then turn all that into uh, the handicapping committee, and they uh, do their magic and set your average speed um, to to beat for the race. So you're actually just uh, racing against yourself during the race uh, because the person who beats their handicap by the greatest amount uh, wins the race. So and it, it also makes it very exciting because you don't know who actually won the race until uh, the awards banquet. After the after the race is over, well, that's fascinating. So you enter. Is this like on a computer and all? I mean, how do they track all this? Yeah, they have um, our chief um, timer. Actually, is uh, very involved with the Reno Air Races as well. So they have a computer program that uh, it's, it's proprietary to um, the Air Race Classic, where they enter all the data in. Um, we have to get um, inspection certificates for the planes. Um, special insurance uh, for the planes and uh, turn in all of our aircraft logs uh, for inspection to verify airworthiness. Um, so it's a pretty big endeavor. The organization is a, it's a nonprofit organization and uh, they operate all year round with 100% volunteers uh, in order to, to put this race on every year in June. And you have done this how many times? This will be my sixth year. The first time racing was in 2010, and I the only year I've skipped is 2013. And you got second or third place? Uh, last, third place last third year. Third place last year. Yeah. Cool. i got to ask, Is it, do you like it really cool numbers and sponsors, just like they do in the racing? <laughs> you know, can you... <laughs> Do, do, do they actually do that or no? I'm just wondering. Well, yeah, some of us do get get sponsors. Um, anybody who wants to sponsor sponsor me? <laughs> contact me. Um, uh, so some of us have some nice decals on the side of the planes, and the race numbers uh, numbers one through ten are assigned through a lottery. So if you register by a certain date, 
they'll pull those numbers and assign those. And then uh, 11 up to 99 um, can be sold um, and purchased for an individual year or for a five-year slot. And we purchased uh, number 12. So we're towards the front of the pack. And uh, that's our number. And, and uh, we've been using that since, I think, since 20, 2011. We bought the number in 2011. She does have an awesome decal that says, uh, the kitchen is empty. That's another empty kitchen. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I, I guess some people don't, don't know that joke. I'm not going to repeat the joke. I'll let, yeah. I'll let the girls do it if they want to, but <laughs> I won't because then that's all that anybody's going to hear if, if I repeat what that means. Um, so, you know, it, it, but, but seriously, I mean, it, it's like, it's such a cool thing that you guys do. And, and, and it's really awesome how, how you put this together and make it fun, but, but also competitive. Uh, I, I think, I think it's it's amazing what you you folks can do on such a large basis. I mean, this is all over the country, and uh, and the people you get to attract, like folks from from the Reno Air Races, etc. Uh, but you you have so many different varied people involved in this. Now, this it, and I'm kind of curious as to if you could color who who's involved in this race. Is it all? I mean, are they mainly professional pilots, CFIs? You know, you're you're a commercial pilot, I guess, or a CFI. I'm assuming. Uh, nope, I'm a private pilot with an instrument rating. And we have everything from uh, student pilots who can ride in the back of the plane as crew to um, the professional pilots that fly for the major airlines. Lots of CFIs. And we have um, a special competition for the collegiate um, teams, for the school teams. Um, and they get a special trophy. Really? So, um, yeah. And so that's nice because that helps nurture um you know, uh, the camaraderie with the younger female pilots and, and um, give them a uh, some connection and networking. And actually this year is every race stop is um, a airport that there is a large college aviation program located on the field. And um, Embry-Riddle is actually sponsoring the start and the terminus. Uh, it's an anniversary for them as well. So we're starting in Prescott, Arizona this year, and the race ends in Daytona. And then don't you get hooked up with a younger team, too? You can kind of mentor? Yeah. We have a really great program mm -hmm. called, um, we call it the Mama Bird Program, Mother Bird Program. And all, if you're a first-time race team, uh, you can request to have a veteran race team assigned to you. And so we kind of adopt um, the newer race teams. Um, and help them get along and understand there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of reading, got to take safety mm -hmm. courses, lots of registration <laughs> forms. And um, so we help them navigate through the whole process. And that, again, helps really helps with the bonding and the fun. There's a lot of competition, but we also really uh, have a great time. We call it kind of a, a fly camp uh, for, <laughs> for the like pilots. Yeah. Fly camp. That's really cool. I I'm wondering how does somebody find out about getting involved? Say they're listening right now and they're uh, part of a collegiate team and and they want to get involved in this. Is there some website maybe they can go to, or can they contact you to to see about getting involved in the race? Sure, absolutely. Um, the, it, there's a, a great website, airraceclassic.org, all run, one word, airraceclassic, and um, they have a fantastic um, a listing of you know, how to get involved, how to register, all that good stuff. Registration opens every year in January, uh, closes April the 1st, and um, and then the field is set. And uh, we uh, race, like I said, it's always the third week of June. And then if you want to volunteer, too, there's a section to just go as a volunteer. volunteer. You don't have to be a racer. So mm -hmm. I signed up so I could help with the handicaps. And so there's a lot of things you can do. Um, we're actually, Frederick is the start. Start for 2017. Yeah, start for the 2017. So, um, you know, we'll be needing volunteers for that because just the start and the end and all these places in between needs lots of support lots and lots of, support. of people greeting these ladies. Awesome. They, you know, not, not to put you on the spot here, Lynn, but... You know, I, I wouldn't mind you, you helping with us and our team. I, I'm actually the coach of a flight team, a, a NIFA team, right here in, uh, in Lakeland, Florida. 
and uh, the Polk awesome. State Aviators. Uh, maybe we could uh, possibly. We we only have done one competition ever. Yeah, uh, last year was our first year, and uh, maybe you could help us get involved in the Air Race Classic. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, we we would love to help you guys get involved. We love having the collegiate teams, and, and again, it's it's so great to see um, these young students. Um, just really get engaged with us and, and racing. We have our oldest racer we've ever had was 92. Wow. And, um, but this year, I think I'm pretty sure my team's going to have the oldest racer, which is um, my 81 year old mother who has her student pilot's license. Oh, very cool. She's getting her license. That's awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrific. Is, uh, so, how far along is she? I'm, I'm fascinated by this. How, how far along is she with her license so far? I think she's got a whopping three hours in her log. <laughs> That's all right. And she likes it, I'm assuming. She loves it. She's uh, kind of been living vicariously through me and has been my major supporter. And this is a bucket list item. I, I said, well, you can't race in the in the race unless you have at least a student pilot certificate. So we went out and got her one. <laughs> she's uh, she's like my airport grandma. She's Lynn's like biggest fan. She's been to Oshkosh. Every year. Um, every year. And, I mean, this lady is a trooper. She knows the plane. You know, she knows what to do. And uh, she she was there for the handicap today. And uh, bright and early. Didn't care. She was hopping on a plane. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've never been to Oshkosh. She's got one up on me. And, and uh, so, you know, more power to her. I think that's great that she's doing that. Uh, and, and that's also a testament to other folks. You know, I, I work out at the gym, and there's – early in the morning and there's some folks in that that age group and they're saying well I could never go back into an airplane and fly they flew years ago if you're if you're actually out of aviation you want to get back into it and say get involved in this air race say they they haven't uh, kept up their medical is that somebody that could do this is that somebody could get involved in this type of thing it sure can um, the co-pilot slot as long as they they had a certificate at one time um, they're you know I have to the rules may change every year, but um, the co-pilot um, is, uh, can fly that doesn't have to be fully, um, you know, ready to, to fly the, the plane. But for crew, um, definitely, as long as uh, you had a license at some point or you're um, uh, or a student, you can, you can be in the race, which is great. Um, you know, our only, uh, restriction is, uh, the race is, uh, limited to women. Interesting. Yeah. I, and you know, my old boss, she's not, doesn't have her medical anymore, but, uh, that'd be cool if she could get involved with that, uh, the air race classes. I think that's, that's a great idea. Oh. The, uh, now tell us a little bit as far as, I, I'm not sure. I know we talked about who this will benefit a little bit. Is there, is there any monies that are raised? Is there any specifics there we can talk about? Through the Air Race, yes. um, they uh, do have a few small scholarships um, that they. Uh, some of the money is raised for. Um, they are an Education 501. We have um, big outreach events um, at the start and the terminus. Um, we usually involve uh, the boys and girls clubs or the Girl Scouts um, to again get that um, youth aviation. Um, initiative going uh through the race so um lot lots of awareness that goes on through uh the air race classic and then um most of the funds that they raise uh really just goes towards maintaining um the race and keeping it alive through the through the future so the primary goal is, is awareness obviously and, yes, yes. and to get people involved in aviation and specifically to get more women involved and, and females out there realizing that, yeah, you can you can do this and uh, of all ages. And I think that's that's really cool because uh, there is I'm looking at your pictures, actually, as we talk. And I know there's there's lots of different people involved in this race. And uh, the, and we'll we'll put a link to that, by the way, if you're listening now, you can you can go to the website and link on all these things we've talked about, the Air Race Classic, and also some of the 99 links that we have here, and some of, some of the pictures, I guess, Lynn, you put on there, and also some other folks that have uh, put placed out there. I think it's on Shutterfly is what you have it out mm -hmm. out there. And uh, I'm assuming this year's the number 12 is on that uh, that is the uh, it's a 182. I'm looking at here. Is that correct? That's right. That's Lynn's 182. That's 182. So she is not just a pilot. She is an aircraft owner. <laughs> oh, very cool. That's uh, and that's a nice looking plane. Wow. So uh, the you know it's interesting. Uh, airplane owner, uh, and I think that in the 
past, uh, you've uh, and Victoria's talked about this. You actually were renting this back or leasing it back to the FBO. Is that how you're able to defray the cost, or is this part of a club, et cetera, or do you just own it outright? Yes, when I when I first uh, bought the plane, I leased it to uh, the flight school where I was taking my lessons, and um, you know that that helped defray some of the costs at the beginning. And now we just have it, uh, you know, for for our own use. But um, that was a nice way to kind of ease into airplane ownership. You know, in, in aviation, airplane ownership is is like the goal. It's not. It's freedom. It's like a magic carpet, being able to fly around the sky to all these wonderful places and a hundred dollar hamburger. But it also teaches a lot about managing money and uh, dealing with certain regulations because it's a whole new world, isn't it? Stepping from renting to actual owning. It sure is. Uh, it, when I was leasing it to the flight school, I, mean, I, I knew about maintenance and I knew what was happening to the plane <laughs> through writing checks for the bills. <laughs> but um, when you take that plane back into your own hangar, um, you, you really do get a better appreciation and understanding um, for that, that care and maintenance of the plane. And it makes you a much better pilot once you truly get involved with making sure that that plane stays airworthy. Yeah, I'm curious if this involvement in aviation in any way can be tied into either your career or, or other careers that people get involved with. Has it had a positive impact on your actual uh, career life and your actual job? It sure has. Um, in fact, last week we uh, did a little uh, round table about um, the air race at my office and um, we, that question came up as well. And really, I, I mean, risk management, um, you know, making that good sound decision, being uh, comfortable to reach out and kind of go a little push the edge of the envelope but again, not not do something um, too crazy, but um, also learning through as a pilot the whole checklist process and understanding that there's you need to understand the flow and the big picture, and uh, the best laid plans may change, and you need to have a backup plan. And you know, there's a lot of things that aviation has taught me, and a lot of it's patience and perseverance as well. <laughs> Yeah, patience and perseverance is true in, in anything in life. I think to to succeed, it's it's very very important. I'm I'm glad you said that. You know, also it really ties in with all these different uh, like science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, you know, practical skills that are are used. You know, for instance, uh, just using algebra for simple equations. You know, solving equations when you're when you're actually doing weight and balance. Those are things that you'll use also in your professional life too. Amazingly enough. And, uh, and there's a, a tie-in there. There's also a, a tie-in, like you said, with, with risk management. Uh, but there's all other fields, I, I think, that or other parts of that, where in certain fields, when you say to somebody, I'm a pilot, they're like, oh, wow, you know, what's that about? And, and when you get your pilot certificate, it looks wonderful on a resume. And, and the point that I'm trying to make is having that certificate, it's, it's, it's like being in the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and, and getting certain different uh, levels within there. You will always have that pilot certificate, and that will always be on your resume. And, and I, I'm assuming you would suggest anybody get involved, but you know, do you, have you seen that? Have you seen a positive impact in people that are in a career field having that pilot certificate on the resume? I, I think it shows that added level of commitment. Um, it's kind of like again, sometimes when you when you review resumes and you see someone, you know, has gone on to graduate school or or taken other certificates, it it really does show um, the level of effort and commitment that a person has when they have something like that on their resume. Yeah, and that and that never goes away. I mean, you're always in other right. interests and um, it. And if if you get in that conversation, you have another person that's involved in aviation. You suddenly have this tie, but also in, there's there's this incredible uh, type of of awe in someone that can actually take a, some piece of metal that's heavier than air and up into the air and fly it through that. And I think that's incredible that that uh, or and that's a wonderful thing that you can do and place that on your resume. So that's really really cool. Um, 
you know, there's there's something else too that that I noticed that you've been involved in so many different organizations. <laughs> uh, just this is one, but but let's you know give us an idea. This night, the ninety nines. Okay, we all we've all heard of the ninety nines. There's so many other ways for for women. So let's focus on that for women to get involved in aviation uh, on a volunteer basis and also uh, for some camaraderie and also for enhancement in their careers. So name a few of them that I think you're involved, I think, in the EAAs possibly, or or those type of things. Right. Well, um, Women in Aviation, WAI. um, I'm also a member of EAA and um, and AOPA. Um, I'm trying to think of what other women's organizations. Yeah, you know, there's... We have so many out there. Um, The main ones would be the 99s 99s. or WAI. And the thing about women in aviation and the 99s is they all have local chapters that you can join. So we have a DC chapter and an AOPA chapter for WAI. And then the 99s has a DC chapter. There's a Philly chapter. There's our Sugarloaf chapter. And um, it's not just, you know, we'll do flyouts. We did a craft day where we took old sectional charts and made them into Valentine's. Um, You know, there's, there's something special about having other female pilots there for support or to just go out at the hangar and have a cookout and hangar talk, you know, swap some stories. So they would find these, and I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, they would find these on the website, right? On like the 99's website and also on the, the EAA website and also on the Women in Aviation website, that type of thing. So, yeah. the, the but if they walked in, uh, a lot of times I've found that you can actually see them on bulletin boards too. Uh, these organizations that are local. I found out about local EAA chapter that way. So that's another way you can find out. Yeah. Just walk in and say, hey, you know, is there any chapters here, any flying clubs, et cetera? Exactly. Yep. We, we, uh, Hang the poster wherever we can. Actually, I found out about the Sugarloaf chapter through uh, two male pilots at the airport. And one of them said, well, you got to call Lynn and gave me her number. So, you know, just the people you meet. Um, it's nice when they actually know what the 99s are. And, you know, um, you can even be involved, Carl, Carl with the 99s. You'd okay. be called 49 and a half. And 49 those are and a half? non-member supporters yeah Yeah, usually you know it's a spouse or something that has done a lot of work and help for us or my co-author kelly um from turbo the turbo books she became a 49 and a half because of all the help she's done and all the support at Mm -hmm. events we've done so uh there's definitely ways it's even if you're not a female you can still help out and be a 49 and a half i had no idea Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to be a 49. And I, I often, I'm, gonna, I'm like trying to look, but I'll, I'll look later. I'll go look on the website and try to find out how I can do that. Uh, but you would have to be sponsored, I'm assuming, uh, from another. Yeah, for no. the 49 and a half. But we do have a, a new program called the Friends of the 99s, which is, again, anyone can join that. Um, we It's not really an associate membership. It, it's, a, it's a separate um, uh, financial organization. But it's a it's a connection um, that's almost like an association membership. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in a lot of friends of organizations, so I think that's that's pretty cool that you, you do that. And um, I, and I love the website, and I'm sure I could find out more about it on the 99s, and also the Arc website. I think that's pretty cool. I think I I really think another thing that we haven't talked about here, as far as getting involved in an air race and competition. It does teach something uh, to individuals in all stages of life uh, about competition and about integrity in competition and the fact that, you know, we we do try to strive to be number one, and it's okay to do that uh, within the confines of, of the rules. And I think it... I think it does teach something to everybody in all walks of life. I, I wonder what your opinion would be on that. Oh, I agree. I, I think... Um there's a great place for healthy competition, and you know you always want to make sure that uh, you kind of boast a little bit and you're confident and proud. But um, you also really want to be a good sport, mm-hmm. and um, that's one of the best parts about um, the Air Race Classic and the uh, kind of the whole family atmosphere that we have, where we're all rooting for each other and we all support each other. Um, we do want to win. Um, but we want to, we 
we do it in a manner that is um, fair and um, and is supportive of the rest of the gals in the race. And I think that's that's very important in anything you do in life because you want you want to strive to be number one. Uh, but when you're going from this point to the the actual number one spot where we are now to the number one spot, you want to do that with integrity, and and this shows that. Um, you know, there's there's shortcuts that you can take, quote unquote, but uh, a lot of times those shortcuts wind up hurting you in the end. You know, you, there's there's no easy way to get to number one. You have to actually, you know, keep working hard and persevering and have a lot of persistence, just like you said. I think that's those are two wonderful things, persistence and perseverance, and that teaches you how to be number one. I think that's terrific. Well, gosh, Lynn, this this has been awesome. I mean, there there's uh, there's so many things that that you've you've been involved with with aviation. What's next? What are you, where are you going next with your ratings and and what are you going to do after that? I know the air race is a big big thing right now, but where where else do you think aviation is going to take you? Well, I do want to um, continue to pursue my certificates. Um, I've been studying for my commercial, and uh, so that's a goal for next year, not this year. And I would eventually like to get my CFI um, because I've spent so much time. I've been involved in um, some mentoring through the 99s. We have a, uh, learned a fly scholarship for new uh, pilots, for the private pilot's certificate. And um, I'm currently a mentor right now to um, a lady in Baltimore that's uh, working on her license. So, um, you know, that's kind of next on the horizon as I really want to start um, working towards that um, flight instructor certificate because I think that's really a great calling and that's that's going to be a good retirement plan for me to stay in aviation. And I'm glad you're doing that. You know, we need more people like yourself to get into teaching and mentoring in aviation. And, and truly, as a flight instructor, you know, you're, you're the coach, you're the mentor, uh, you're the person that they go to, even in, in emotional, stressful uh, conditions. You know, they're you're there for them, and you have to learn so many different life skills, uh, and you can impart so many of those skills that you have through all the experiences you've had through through your job, for instance, the the work that you do during the day. You can bring those unique experiences to your flight instruction, which I think is really cool, and I love to hear it when somebody like yourself says, "Hey, in retirement, I'm going to do this," and. Uh, I, I hopefully you'll do it before you retire. I'm hoping. Me too. I'm working away. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. This girl needs to find some time in her day. <laughs> she does way too much. Like at Oshkosh, you'll see her at the 99s booth nonstop working. That's right. Um, you can't. If I if I go to the airport, she's there. Like I don't know how she does it. <laughs> Trying to keep up. And has a full time job. Yep, and yep. of all time. and it, that's and hats off to you for doing that. I I think that's an inspirational that you can do that. You can be an aircraft owner. You can keep working towards your your ratings. But it's a it's a huge and what I'm getting the sense from from you is it's a huge balancing act here, and uh, you have to prioritize. Uh, what what needs to be first? It seems like right now, of course, your your job is number one because that pays the bills, pays for the airplane, and pays for the fun exactly. things and the ratings, and and then you can do all these other things and in a really responsible manner. And and we we sometimes forget that it's uh, it is a balancing act, and you know it's either time or money, and and a lot of times we don't have both at the same time, but we can manage it so we can accomplish all those goals. And and you've been able to do that. That's why I think you've been such a great example. For, for everybody in aviation, and especially the females in aviation, I really, my hat's off to you for doing that. That's terrific. Well, thank you. So, you know, there we're actually uh, almost at the end of the interview here, so I, I just want to make sure we get everything, all the other questions in. I'm not sure if Rick or, or Victoria have any more before we start closing with a, a few items here. Uh, is, I could just ask, is there a part of the race that's the most challenging thing for you? You know, anything. I can imagine if I asked, "What's the most fun?" It might very well be the camaraderie and the, you know, the con yeah. connected. And, and that's probably an okay answer, to, question to answer as well. But then I thought, oh, you know what? The, probably the more interesting one is you personally. What's the, what's the most challenging thing about it? The most challenging, I think, is um, making sure that you stay in the mindset that it is a four-day race, and that uh, you're need to make sure that you continue to uh, update your strategy and make and not just go because everybody else is going flying your right. own race that's the hardest part 
Right, and make smart decisions. It sounds mm-hmm. what popped into my head was that get their itis thing, which exactly you know the the race becomes that if you're not careful, right? It becomes yeah. the the thing that drives you sometimes when you shouldn't be doing something. So that's interesting. Staying, yeah, stay stay in the stay in safe flying. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Now this year, Lynn actually has her mother in the back seat, but last year she actually had a film crew. The year before, sorry. Um, Let's see about this. Lynn is actually in a documentary that's out on PBS. Really? Right. So um, in 2014, um, and again, uh, Kara, the uh, movie director, had to uh, qualify. She got her certificate so she could ride in the back of the plane. um, And she filmed... Uh, us racing along with her husband Adam uh, who did all the ground uh, filming and they made a documentary called Beyond the Powder and which is the reference to uh, the the race used to be called the Powder Puff Derby in its early days because the women would get out of the plane and and powder their noses up (laughs) before they went in front of the cameras and um, the film has aired on PBS it will air again uh, nationally on PBS in June and it was just nominated for three Emmys for uh, writing, research, and directing. So if um, there's a trailer out on YouTube, um, again, just Google uh, uh, Beyond the Powder. And um, the video uh, is available on uh, Amazon and at their website. And it's, a, it's an hour documentary, and it really goes through the whole – it's the legacy of the race. So it compares kind of the 1929 race – to um, the women today who race. And it gives you a good idea of the Air Race Classic. You can see when Lynn had a problem with the plane and wasn't sure if they'd be able to go. Um, You saw landing. You got to see the award ceremony at the end and how everyone just became buddies. And so it's it's a great idea to, you know, if you're on the fence, if you want to do the race, is to check out this movie and see all that's involved and all the excitement. Awesome. Well, we'll have a link uh, once we get that up on the website as far as uh, Beyond the Powder and and the PBS documentary. I think that's a, a really cool story. I definitely uh, would recommend anybody go out there and, and check it out. It's on. And you said Amazon is carrying that? Amazon has uh, the DVD. And um, their website, I think, is Hemlock Films. And I think you can um, – yeah. there's a link to get there, too. Beyondthepowder.com is, I think, uh, mm-hmm. the actual link they have. I think I just looked it up there. Yes. Well, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, it, that Cinematography looks pretty good there. I, I'm sure Rick can can uh, attest to that and, uh, and what they've done. I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely – have a, a couple of little trailers placed up on the, on the website there. If you can't find it, we'll put on the Stuck Mike Avcast episode uh, 120. Uh, what else is in the works? Gosh, it sounds like you're you're really involved in everything. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We have um, we uh, our local 99s has also formed a um, a partnership with um, a local girls' school, the Visitation Academy here in Frederick again, to help support their STEM program and STEM initiatives. And we've had an airport day where the girls have come out and spent the whole day with us um, doing everything from pre-flighting to visiting the tower to taking actual flights. And so, again, that's that's another big push. Um, and then uh, lastly is our we are sponsoring or the we're the hosts of yeah. the uh, 2017 start for the air race in uh, Frederick. So we need lots of volunteers. And again, you can sign up through the Air Race Classic website or through sugarloaf99s.org. And um, I'm the, the, the chair of the start because I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> and um, so we're, we're really looking forward to that. And it'll be a lot of fun getting involved with the um, organizing of the actual race. Would be a great opportunity to do a little podcast reunion. Right. That'd be great. I think it's we a great opportunity. I think we need to, to show up in Frederick. Maybe we'll get some other folks. Yeah. That, uh, to Do a live podcast. Yes, I, I think we should do that again. Uh, referring to uh, how many years ago was that we did a live one from... Uh, from five years ago. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, five. 
Uh, can you believe First woman that? fly it forward. I made you carry chairs. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Hi, I'm Victoria. Can you grab this now, chair? Now, Lynn was one of the pilots there, actually. Right, so you was. guys had a little misconnection yes. there. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. And uh, I think, did we ever, uh, well, anyway, I'm not sure if we, we met there or interviewed you, but I'm sure we uh, we had She was a probably f- flying for eight hours straight. She's, she's dedicated. We, we probably took pictures of you, but you were taxiing yeah. by in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to come over to Daytona yes. and um, to the Terminus. And um, and definitely meet all the racers, and we can catch up. Yes, definitely need to do that, and uh, hopefully get some of the kids from the team over there too. It's a what a neat oh, yes. what a neat event this is uh, that you folks are doing and what you've done here, um, and and the Air Race Classic. Uh, Congratulations, by the way, on what you say, third place on that so far, or is that right? Third, third, third place? place is our best finish. Best yeah. finish, so okay, and uh, we'll be getting first place. I, I assume okay. in the future, and <laughs> that's, that's right. what we're striving for. And <laughs> and I know you can do it. And I one of the things that I, I want to say though is to anybody listening, if you listen to to all we we've gone around at a few things here. We talked about the Air Race Classic, the ninety nines, the women in aviation. Uh, but but I like people to realize there is there's a whole community out there, many different communities that you can get involved with. Uh, with aviation and, and if you're you're a woman and you're involved in aviation or want to become involved it's out there you just need to ask if if you have trouble finding it you can contact us here at stuck mike avcast contact victoria lynn they'd love to talk to you as you can tell they love to talk about aviation and their fellow women pilots and and the struggles and also the challenges and and all their their accomplishments in aviation and what they've done and and realizing hey you're not alone and uh and they've they've been through this and and now is a wonderful time to get into aviation i think it's always a wonderful time but it's a great time to get into aviation especially career-wise and and also uh, now that we're looking at different organizations that make flying for the individual uh, a lot less expensive and a lot more fun with all the different you know clubs and and uh, different organizations that are out there it's just it's really cool i mean this is we're really really uh, have a, a, a groundswell of younger folks getting into aviation and folks that weren't in aviation getting back into it i think that's terrific and people like you yourself lynn uh, have been a big part of that uh, just through the example of what you've done through this air race classic through the 99s women in aviation and all the volunteer uh, things that you do and all the charity work you do and we really appreciate that so thanks hats off to you Lynn thanks so much <laughs> well guys I think that wraps it up I don't know if we have any other questions I know we, we were running a little bit long on the interview here but this is terrific we could talk for another few hours about uh, all that you do here I don't know Lynn if you want to uh, if I tell you what if they, people have questions they can send us an email if you don't mind uh, we'll, sure. we'll send it forward to you if you don't mind us doing that and That'd be great. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we, we really encourage people, no matter who you are and, and what your background is, to get involved in aviation. Uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're sitting on the fence, and especially, you know, today we're speaking towards uh, more of the, the female aviators, and, and you think that uh, you've, <laughs> you've been prone to that stereotype of, hey, you know, I can't do this because, you know, I'm a female or I wear glasses or I don't have the use of one of my arms or, you know, I can't hear. Well, you can. You can fly an airplane. Uh, so so make sure you listen to this podcast. You you listen to those stories and contact us, and we'll we'll put you in touch with those people. That can help you and inspire you to move forward. And uh, and Lynn being one of those, Victoria, also Rick and myself, we, we all love to get people involved in this wonderful community that we call aviation. Well, folks, from myself and uh, Victoria Newville, Rick Felty, and uh, Lynn, uh, we appreciate her being here. We hope we'll, this has inspired you to do something uh, in aviation. I, I also would like to inspire you to go to our website, stuckmikeafcast.com, episode 120. Look at all the links that we're going to have there for the women in aviation, the 99s, and check them out. Get involved. We'll talk to you next episode, and stay flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.